Hi everyone, welcome back to Cloisterwell Podcast. Today, we are checking out Torchwood. The TARDIS Cloister Bell. Imminent disaster. The Cloister Bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the Cloister Bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The Cloister Bell? Oh, no. So, yes, hello, welcome back. Or to any new listeners, hello for the first time. I'm Rob, and I'm here with Liam. Liam, say hello. Hi, everyone. How's it going? <laughs> uh, uh, really good. I'm really refreshed. I'm not, like, half asleep like last time. Yeah, it didn't help with the last podcast because we were... Uh technical problems but you know we were all raring to go then an hour later oh finally we're able to start um yeah, yeah. i'm feeling refreshed as well actually i think it's a it's a good time to record i've just had a week off work always good um mm-hmm. some days we record i've been up at work 2 a.m for work that day so <laughs> yeah, but t- today insane. in particular yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i'm doing all right today it's been a nice sunny day went to my mother-in-law today for tea Lunch. Very nice. Um, what? What's? What's in between? Is it lunch or tea? If it's kind of late afternoon. What's the afternoon version of brunch? <laughs> I know you have. So you have breakfast, elevenses, lunch, dinner, supper. <laughs> right. You eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no. <I'm sorry. laughs> Yeah, I don't eat all that. I'm just saying, you know, I could eat all that. That's, you know, these thing, these meals have official names. All right, so we had a sandwich, two words together. So what, lunch and tea. Hmm. Uh, that doesn't really work, does it? No. No. Anyway. You had a late lunch? I had a late lunch. Or an early I, dinner. I, what, I missed lunch. <laughs> I had late lunch. But I was right. too full to have tea. Okay. So it just completely messes the day up, doesn't it? Mm. Uh, and then I... Because I'd missed tea, um, I had some spicy Pringles and a monster. Because I'm not a healthy person. Clearly. <laughs> say, Healthier lifestyles are available. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, anyway, so today we're talking about Torchwood, so we're no longer a Doctor Who podcast. For one week only, we're a Torchwood podcast. Yeah, it is for one week only. Yeah. Torchwood. <laughs> what the hell? Jeez. Uh, <laughs> well. Yeah, so we'll get to that soon. So, what have you been up to since we last spoke? Well, it's been really nice, as I said, because uh, I had a week off work, so so that wonderful opportunity of being able to do you know the, the bits and pieces around the house that you put off, uh, but also being able to catch up with uh, a couple of mates, well, a few mates, actually, which has been quite nice. Um, and then I haven't really been on holiday for about two, three years. And it's like, right, I need to, I need to sort that out. So um, I've arranged to, to travel down to London early October for about uh, just over a week. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. I've got a few bits and pieces planned, um, but also catching up with a friend as well. So that'd be good. Um, I've been to the cinema. Um as regular listeners to the podcast will know, I'm a big James Bond fan, and every weekend I've been going to see uh, the Bond films. So the most recent one at the time of recording was Goldeneye. Uh, so I've seen all those, and that that was uh, that was good to see at the cinema. Uh, I also saw uh, Bullet Train. Oh yes, I've I've heard of that. Uh huh. 
it's okay. It's okay. Um, uh, I was expecting just a, you know, a relatively mindless, entertaining, fun film. Um, it's a bit too mindless. It's 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 an okay film, but it's one of those where it uh, it thinks it's funnier than it actually is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's it's one of those, and it's um, yeah, sort of yeah, it was all right. Uh, there, there were some moments that made me sort of, huh, yeah. <laughs> that was that was the most that was the biggest rise it sort of got out of me. Um, no genuine the, laugh out loud stuff. No, they've the, the got this character who really loves Thomas the Tank Engine, and his character trait is he learned how to read people through Thomas the Tank Engine. Mm. But it's sort of like you know if you're if you're if you're a Thomas, obviously you're the best type of the worst type of person is a Diesel. Um, and this is sort of like mentioned during the course of the movie, and it's like, uh, it's, yeah, it's not that funny, and it doesn't get to the point where they they overplay it, but almost gets there, and it's just right, okay. It has got some uh, one or two nice cameos in it. Um, actually, one of them did one of them did actually make me laugh. Not like, <laughs> well, not that sort of thing, but it was just a, <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah, it was it was a little bit disappointing. I don't laugh out loud at the cinema hardly. No. Yeah. Um, um, sometimes I'm not a very jumpy person, but I will get afraid of the cinema. Sometimes mm. it, it's it's rarely happened. I'm saying like in the past ten years, I think maybe, maybe two or three times it's happened. Mm. Like it happened for something recently. <laughs> something just happened on screen. It wasn't like a scary film, but I just jumped out my skin. So there's these girls behind me just laughing their heads off. Oh, God. <laughs> well, the easiest way to sort of like make you jump is obviously you know you know when you have it when you see a horror movie and just the cheap uh, the jump scare. Yeah, this was just an explosion or something. It wasn't meant. To... Oh, right, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was embarrassing. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> when was that? Probably earlier this year. All oh, right, okay. Um, I don't think I've watched much. I watched an awful documentary on Netflix. One of those. Uh, it was "Keep Sweet, Pay, Pray, and Obey." Okay. Uh, it was about a American Christian society organization thing. What one of those which are sort of like what one of those things where it's it, it's locked up and it's an exclusive club and they're all a bunch of nutters that sort of thing. Yeah, it was a whole society. So. Basically, it's uh, every all the men have like lots of wives. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Okay. It's one of those. Yeah, but it's all yeah. old yeah. men. So there'll be, there'll be. There was one man who was like the prophet, uh, and of course, yeah. So this is some old guy, and he had like sixty odd young young wives, um, and then one of his do- dozens of sons, because everyone had so many kids, um, one of his sons then become well the father died um and then he plotted to tell them that he was the new prophet yeah god's appointed him <laughs> nepotism is obviously not involved <laughs> it's just a coincidence yeah. it right. kind of delved more into the um how the girls were threat this guy the prophet he got onto the fbi's top 10 most wanted <laughs> uh and while he went on the run he was uh he was Going to Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, he was going to casinos, going to hotels, renting porn. 
uh, and all sorts. Um, Doesn't sound particularly religious. <laughs> um, all the while, he's um, getting his town to like gather up donations, and one week they had to all give like a thousand dollars a week, and it was all going to build uh, build Zion, um, the the new ranch in Texas. Uh, so they had a bit big right. temple. Uh, uh, it was pretty depressing by the end, as you can guess, the way it went. Yeah, I'm sure that got dark quite quickly. Yeah. It was entrapment with people's beliefs because mm. nobody owned the property. Mm-hmm. The church did. And also like if you were if you spoke out against it, you know, you'd you'd be you'd be ousted. You'll be like if you're a man you You'd be kicked out of town. Your wife and children would be given to somebody else. Oh God! Right, yeah. I'm not surprised, but you know, given yeah, okay. yeah. there was a, a fair few people that are now not in that church, and uh, they spoke about just how how they couldn't they couldn't do anything. Like one guy said to his neighbour, um, "What what age do you think you'll give your daughter away? Because it might have been like uh, thirteen or fourteen in most cases." And this guy said to his neighbour. If anyone comes to my door before she's eighteen, like, you'll pull a gun on them. Like there's no chance that's happening. And oh. the neighbour, this this got back to the prophet. Uh, and uh, yeah, this guy was kicked out of town, and his wife and kids were given to someone else. Good grief! Yeah, Aye. it was pretty. Anyway, I'd, we'll not go on about it. Depressing document. Well, I'm thoroughly depressed. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. <laughs> um, but no, these things happen. We, we do, yeah. yeah. I tried to watch uh, a Woodstock documentary, hmm. but uh, that got a bit boring in the first episode, so I give that a miss. Yesterday, I started Neil Gaiman's The Sandman. All right, yes. It was decent enough. I know everyone's raving about it. I wouldn't say it's great, but I liked it. I'm gonna, I'll keep watching it. N- not many DC connections. Jenna Coleman's in it. She plays kind of a a female version of John Constantine, who on screen has, of course, been played by um, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves, yes, uh, okay, and he's yeah. now played by Matt Ryan on on, on the telly. Uh, oh, okay. But yeah, she's in it, and she plays a, a version of him or a version of someone in his family. I'm sure her characters from the comics as well. Um, and there's talks of him doing maybe a spin-off with her, but yeah, the, the show's all right. Yeah, you, you, you're kind of um, given a lot to deal with in the first episode, and you know, it's all right. But you haven't <laughs> you haven't watched it, no? No, no. Uh, that's about it. You watched much apart from going to the cinema? Uh, I've been watching the Golden Girls. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's a popular. Mid eighties to early nineties American sitcom. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've just been watching episodes of those. Uh, it's just really nice comfort viewing. That's good, you know. Mm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's been quite nice. And um, uh, oh yes, uh, Get Carter got uh, re-released on a four K remastered uh, Ultra Blu-ray. I don't know whether that's a thing. Uh, what's it called? You know how he got Blu-ray and he got the one above it? 4K Ultra HD. 
Ultra HD. That was the term I was after. Yes. So um, that got re-released. Uh, that got re-released recently. So uh, uh, got that, and I've uh, watched some of the uh, the special features on the on the disc. Um, yeah. And uh, that was really good. Going through uh, the the career of the director, who I, I, for some reason I never made this connection before. So that the, uh, even though I knew the guy's name. Um, I think because stylistically the movies are so far apart. Not only did he direct Get Carter, uh, he was also the director of uh, Flash Gordon. No. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, of course it was him. So anyway, so not only does he talk about his television career and his film career, with you know Get Carter being probably um, his most famous respected film, also talking uh, talked a little bit about. Uh, how how he became director of Flash Gordon and all the rest of it. So that that was a nice uh, interview. That's cool uh, to to watch. And then, um, <laughs> sorry, Rob, some some advertising on my part. So, um, so I, I started my own podcast, uh, motion picture podcast, earlier this year, and I did about seventeen podcasts. And then after I did that, I thought mm, I'm not keen on the way that I'm doing this. Right, scrap everything, start again. And it'll be better. So anyway, I've been preparing for the relaunch, which is in October. And um, one of the things I'll be reviewing is the 1967 uh, version of Casino Royale. So uh, I bought that on Blu-ray and again, been watching the special features. And it's it's really annoying because they got, they've got a five-part making of documentary, which is interesting. I don't know who was responsible for the sound mix. And it's as if they... It's as if... The per- it's as if the, the makers of that documentary uh, had no confidence that people would find it interesting. Right. So what they've done it. So obviously they're interviewing uh, a lot of people who like a couple of the directors because that, that film had five directors. Um, so they're talking to you know actors, some of the directors, people involved from the production side of things um, during the course of them making this movie. And it's like, well, no one could possibly find this interesting. So every minute they just keep on slapping um, music uh, from the soundtrack. But the, the sound mix is so off, you're really struggling to hear what the interviewer is saying because the music is that loud. It's one of the worst special features I've ever come. Just be, It's just like, can you tone the music down so I can actually hear what they're saying? I went, I'm going to have to stick subtitles on. Not a problem. Um, no, that, that's not an option. <laughs> Just sitting there, just really struggling to listen. I think I got, I think, I think I got the gist of what was being said, but that was quite annoying. But uh, so yeah, been been watching that. That's cool. Um, been so long since I've seen that. Um, I've probably seen it so many times in part. Mm-hmm. Like just it's just been on, so I'll, I'll watch it. But it's been so long. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't watched it in years. It's it's going to be just just gone. This movie's a mess. <laughs> uh, but yeah. And it's sort of a sort of an odd way. I am looking forward to watching it. Just going, how, why, what? Um, but yeah, uh, so that that okay. should be fun. Okay, it's probably all under wraps. But can we? Can you give any hints of what? How you'll be structuring the podcast? Uh, yeah, so that was uh, that was the the major change. So the idea was so the idea that I've got is that. For every podcast, I'll be uh, reviewing two films, because originally I was just reviewing one, and the results of it, the, the podcasts were quite short, and um, I didn't feel that it was probably engaging as a result of that. And I thought what would be quite nice is having uh, a bit of a contrast. And so the idea is that for every podcast now, I'll be reviewing two films. the The idea is that uh, I'll be reviewing an old film, 
and then a contemporary film. And I thought actually that that'd be a quite a good way of forcing myself to go to the cinema a bit cinema a bit more than, than I mm. have. And uh, it, for the purpose of the podcast, it might force me to going uh, maybe see movies that I normally wouldn't see. So that'd be quite good. So that's the initial plan. Although for the first the first month, because uh, I'm relaunching it in October, big promotional uh, campaign. <laughs> yeah posters advertising just boring people to death just constant no um there's posters of you something's coming <laughs> yeah um <laughs> if i had the mo- if i was a, like an eccentric multimillionaire, i think i would do something like that just for the laugh um but i'm not so just you on bus stops yeah just me on bus stops <laughs> who is this prat um, hey, if Piers Morgan can go around advertising whatever schlock he's doing on television now, I think like yeah, he's on all the bus stops. Piers is oh, back. God, tell me about it. Every time you, you know, every time that you know you walk past a bus stop or see a bus go, but you, the sudden urge to repeatedly punch something strangely arises. It's it's most odd. Anyway, um, but uh, because I'm launching in uh, October. Um, which is the 60th anniversary of the James Bond films, I thought, well, actually, what I'll do is I'll I'll use that as a way of getting myself back in. Um, so Dr. No from Russia would love for the first podcast, Goldfinger Thunderball for the second, and so on. You get the idea. I've, uh, I've recorded uh, some of them already, and uh, although I say so myself, I think they're quite good. I'm happy with them, and I do think they're a lot better um, okay. than the previous attempts. So It's hard getting um, a good time frame for a podcast like uh running time uh i found yours like quite easy to digest i could literally listen to them in what was it 15 20 minutes yeah i mean you were lucky i mean i was lucky if they they got to 25 minutes so So it's a tricky one yeah like you'd think that would be the best time for a podcast but i find myself really enjoying podcasts that do run um Mm -hmm. over the one hour mark somehow yeah, sort of. The longer it is, the better it is. There's just a bit, you know. And obviously, if you've got a podcast, which is which is interesting, there's a lot. It just allows the listener to just enjoy it a lot more. Um, whereas it felt the way that I I was initially doing mine, it felt like no sooner had I was getting into the flow, then it was it was just sort of like cut, and it was the end of it. Um, yeah, I just wasn't particularly satisfied with it. Well. <laughs> Uh, but hopefully it'd be hopefully it'd be a lot better. Uh, I've announced it on on Twitter, uh, and it was quite nice. Uh, Sonia, who who listens to this podcast, said she's really looking forward to it. <laughs> oh my god, the pressure! Because uh, I know she's a big fan of this podcast, which is really nice. And so, right, well, if 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 it meets with Sonia's approval, then you know I know I'm doing a good job. Um, actually, talking of which, you know the the previous podcast. Um, uh, you were saying that uh, who who can convince you their podcast had put out this announcement of coming up with your dream team? Yeah, um, that came out the other band. T- that came out maybe today or the other day. I haven't listened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've started listening to that. I'm really enjoying it. It's a, it's a good podcast. Um, in, in general, anyway. what do you think of Tim? What's that? Do you like Tim? I thought you said, do I like him? I was like, <laughs> yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was. Uh, it's. Um, yeah, yeah. No, no, he is. And it was just like, who is this new voice? I like it. Uh, so he was great, and it was it was good to have uh, Tim and Harry talking talking about uh, their the love of music and just their, their expertise with it, and just discussing uh, other people's um, uh, list. Uh, I was quite I was quite pleased. Mine met 
mine met with uh, some some approval, which was which was great. My my choice of keyboard player Rick Wright did cause a bit of a conversation uh, mm. with it, which which was interesting. Uh, Harry, if you're listening, because uh, I had um, I don't think he listens. Uh, Prince and uh, Robert Fripp as the t- two guitarists in my band. Um, one, thanks for including the list. I really appreciate it, and uh, g- given the time just to discuss it. But um, you definitely you played the right clip. For the uh, for the Robert Fripp because he played a song frame by frame from King Crimson and it was like yes because that's my favorite period of the band that 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 early eighties uh, th- those three albums Discipline Beat and Three of a Perfect Pair that's my favorite era of the band and so th- when I said Robert Fripp that was more what I had in mind and he played a song from that period he was like yes see Harry knows his stuff he's like he he played the right one so I was over the moon with that so uh, thanks Harry that was cool. ah. um. I think um, Sonia probably uh, won because uh, she she contributed her list as well, and I think uh, I think she won with uh, with with her suggestions. It was really good. Although th- there's a wonderful merging because uh, Sonia's list is read and discussed, then then it's uh, then mine is, and it was just nice. There was a tie up saying actually my choice of vocalist and hers should actually pair up and you i was just thinking yeah that that would that would be really good but anyway uh, if anyone um uh, ha- hasn't listened to the who can convince you podcast uh definitely recommend it it's a really really good podcast uh they talk about doctor who uh but they talk about a whole lot of other stuff as well and uh, the, the, there's definitely a musical bent that that comes in uh, every now and again which it's it's just a really wonderful delightful podcast to listen to so definitely recommend that yeah and Harry will be on our, well, Harry and Luke, maybe Tim, on our YouTube channel in possibly late October when we do the centenary, mm-hmm. when we do the, the, the live after show. Um, I got to have a video chat with Harry, was it Monday gone? Because we did, yes, um, the Love Island final was on, and neither, neither of us <laughs> want to watch that. So um, him and Matt from neither the time nor space came on. Uh, for a video chat, so I got I got, right, I got nice. to speak to them for a bit, just about random stuff. So it was nice not recording and just having a chat, mm-hmm. talking about car crashes and all sorts. It's great. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah, It'd be great if actually we you know actually meet up in person. Yeah, because I've met Matt. Did, yes, do, yes. Do, you, do, have, do yeah. you want to try and meet Matt one day? This kid yeah. lives down. I'd not say where he lives. I once accidentally re- revealed where he lived on the live stream. He oh, was actually yeah, dressed in postcode. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he makes it hard for people to kind of try and triangulate where he lives. Um, it's a big mystery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's good for his uh, his mystique and his persona, yeah. but also I just think it's 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 just bloody sensible. Yeah. With us, we just talk about like our streets and all sorts. <laughs> Where we went to school, where we work, and all sorts of stuff. Full names. Yeah, crap. <laughs> Full names. Yeah. People we know. Uh, yeah, maybe we should stop. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should be quite careful. Maybe, yeah. Because before you know you, we've got the uh, the Cloister Bell stalkers. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're probably a thing. It's a growing thing. Yeah. Um, Do you ever get the feeling you're being watched? Yeah. Or listened to. <laughs> Hopefully. But I hope, hope so. so, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> So I suppose we'd better actually talk about Torchwood, eh? I so, suppose so. Yeah. Uh, before we do, there was a mysterious website, cybersindustries.org. 
that seems like a promotional tie-in for the new series. Mm-hmm. And there was a corporate kind of video on there um, from some guy. Have you watched it? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> have. My God, is the satire incredibly subtle? I almost didn't pick it up. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, any thoughts? Um, I, I quite liked it from from the point of view. Obviously, it's referencing Cybus Industries and uh, Magpie Electronic Sketch reference. So, you know, it ties into when RTD was originally in charge of the show. Just those nice touches. Um, <clears throat> but other than that, I was. Just, uh, I went. Mm, it, I th- it, it's a bit, Elon it's Magpie a bit too died. on the nose. Yeah, Elon Elon Magpie. Who could you possibly be referencing? It's so subtle. I'm barely able to detect it. Yeah, it's uh, it's a bit too on the nose for me. And it. I remember at the time it, that was one of the. It was a bit funny because when uh, the RTD era was, you know, live as it were, was was actually being made and broadcast. One of the things that I had with it was I just thought that the the lack of subtlety was one of the the, the problems that that I had with that series. Subsequently, Ugh. as years gone on, I, I, I'm, I don't know whether it's my tastes have changed or maybe I'm a bit more forgiving or maybe I'm just a bit more used to it. But I'm not as critical from that perspective as I, as I once was. But seeing this, it, it sort of rem- <laughs> reminded me of that. It's yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? Um, it's a bit bizarre i don't know what it means and how it'll tie in if at all i'm a bit confused is this on pete's world that's a good question um that's not how i read it i thought it was i think it's like supposed to be in our world right so it's a bit strange was international electromatics referenced as well or was that just on the website i can't remember it was in the it was in the video right so so i wasn't so what wasn't uh ellen mac um, Elon Magpie. Magpie. Elon Magpie, sorry. Uh, he's um, he's in charge of Magpie Electronics. Then you got Cybus Industries, and there was some sort of uh, takeover bid attempted, but I think uh, Magpie was blocking it and mysteriously dies after falling out of a window. <laughs> Isn't it the shard? He falls out. Yeah. Uh, so he dies, and. Um, uh, and then it's basically Cybus Industries is able to take over Magpie Electronics as the, the sort of gist. Okay, so if this is in Pete's world, mm-hmm. uh, it's a bit confusing why it's all relevant. Um, if this is in our world, well, if it's in Pete's world, why would Cybus Industries be a thing since basically the world spent so long shutting down the, the Cybus factories? Mm-hmm. If this is in our world, it's a bit odd. Um, how is Cybus? Why, why does Cybus need to be a thing? Uh, what is the artifact? Did you pick up on that? Oh yes, I, I, I forgot about that. that. Yeah, there's there's reference to the artifact. Maybe maybe a, a cyber a cyber artifact. And, yeah, and now there's possibly. a we're going to have a new origin to the Cyberman, but in this universe. And does no one? In the main universe, remember the Cyberman because the felon name is Crack. <laughs> I think that's what happened. Sorry, I sh- oh, sorry, I should be mature about that and not find that remotely funny. But I can't help it. Sorry, sorry, listeners, I've let myself down. <laughs> but, but I find it funny. 
Uh, yes, Let's be they, sensible. They found Amy's crack and. <laughs> oh, grow up, Liam. Um, and uh, yeah, I think everyone forgot about that. Uh, uh, we'll see. Yeah, I bet it's not even relevant. <laughs> Probably not, actually. Yeah. But anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see. see. It's a th- it's a thing. Okay. Um, I've got a copy of the unofficial and unauthorised guide to Torchwood Series 1 Inside the Hub by Stephen James Walker um, it's, a, it's published by Telos Publications and they've done lots of Doctor Who reference guides and also short story publications licensed ones over the years um, so I got I picked this up back when it came out. It would have been I don't know if it's late two thousand six, early two thousand seven. It's quite comprehensive. Um, in the first act of it, it covers all the development of the show, all the anticipation, and then it has an episode by episode guide, and it also has sections on references to Doctor Who within the episodes. Uh, it has character biographies. Uh, and all sorts in it. Loads of cool information. So, I'm not going to read much from it, but I thought I'd go through the the press announcement for Torchwood. Do you want to listen to that? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah go on. I, I remember reading this, I think it was on the, the BBC Doctor Who website back in the day. Um, so, this is from the 17th of October, 2005. Uh, The BBC said, Russell T Davies is to write a sci-fi paranoid thriller in a major new drama commission for BBC Three. It was announced today that Stuart Murphy, controller of BBC Three, it was, sorry, it was announced by him, Torchwood is a 13-part drama series aimed at a post-Watershed audience uh, and has an organic link to Doctor Who. So uh, a 13-part format just like Doctor Who itself at the time. Uh, Torchwood is a British sci-fi paranoid thriller, a cop show with a sense of humour, says Russell T. Davis. It's dark, wild and sexy. The X-Files meets this life. I remember reading this at the time, and when I read this life, in my head I read The Good Life. And I thought, (laughs) the X-Files meets The Good Life, that sounds genius. (laughs) It wasn't the case. It's a standalone sci-fi series for adult audiences, which will have its own unique identity. So they've been a bit cautious, I think, um, and not saying this is... You have to watch Doctor Who to understand this, so they're doing the best to make it a kind of standalone thing. I've begun working on scripts with a team of writers and cannot wait to see the results. Set in modern-day Cardiff, Torchwood stars John Barrowman's Captain Jack from Doctor Who... It's in the Christmas special and the second series of Doctor Who, The Story of Torchwood. A renegade group and investigators is seeded. Uh, However, no stories will cross over between Torchwood and Doctor Who. The drama series is produced by BBC Wales and will be transmitted later next year. Um, It does go on, but that kind of gives the gist of of what they were trying to present. Mm-hmm. Sorry, uh, Rob. Just to go back, what was it they said? It's X Files meets the what? This life. So yeah, I'm just googling that. This life TV series. All oh, right, that looks vaguely. 
familiar. So this was a, although I never watched it. So this life was a um, uh, a drama series that was broadcast between '96 and '97. There was two series uh, with a special, 32 episodes in total. And it says a group of trainee solicitors and rookie lawyers in their 20s share a crowded flat while trying to launch careers in the offices of a London London legal firm. Huh. Uh, apparently, there was a later reunion special in 2007. Says, um, broadcast during the height of Cool Britannia, the series is set in London and is notable for its Britpop soundtrack and for its depiction of casual sex and drug taking. Mm. It became a popular word of mouth. I, yeah, I can see the connection to uh, Torchwood now. Actually. Yeah, actually, you know what? Just everyone, just go and Google the Good Life if you haven't. And no, not I, the Good Life. Uh, this life. No, no, it should have been the Good Life. Totally. And yeah, it should spells, have been the Good Life. Actually, that is much really better. missed the mark there. Yeah, yeah, but no, I haven't watched uh, this life. No, I haven't either. But just reading that description, and obviously I'm, like you, Rob, more familiar with X-Files. I actually think that catch-all, it's X-Files meets this life, probably is probably quite on the button. Mm. Cop show with humour. Paranoid thriller science fiction drama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, that, that that's interesting. That's how it was uh, sort of initially announced. Yeah, I think... I don't remember if I read that first. No, my first experience of it was going on the the website bbc.co.uk forward slash Doctor Who, which at the time was an all right source of Doctor Who news um, because it was still in this transition phase of what it was before the Revival series came out. Um, mm. But the site did well to kind of have all these flash animations and uh, kind of keep it up to date. Mm-hmm. And I went on, and all of a sudden, they had the 2005 Doctor Who font, but with the words Torchwood uh, kind of announcing it. And then they also had a picture of, um, kind of outside the, the Millennium Center with Eve Miles and John Barrowman explaining the premise. Um, so I was familiar with Eve Miles' previous character, Gwyneth. Uh, so I guess there was going to be like a connection there, but yeah, it wasn't much. There wasn't much information given. I think the first time we got some like, official like footage of the show was in the final episode of um, series two's Confidential, after you know that two-parter. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of been set up in. Um, is it called Tooth and Claw? Yes, and previously in the Christmas Invasion. We had Harriet Jones reference in Torchwood for the first time. Oh yes, I forgot about that. Yes, you're right. Um, mm-hmm. But the series had already already been announced at that that stage, um, right? So I was kind of p- picturing Jack and Gwyneth shooting this laser <laughs> at the sky, but no, it turned out to be uh, Yvonne Hartman's Torchwood One. Mm-hmm. Um, so setting up a completely different branch of Torchwood. There was a previous reference to Torchwood in the, part, the Bad Wolf Partner of the Ways when Rose is on the weakest link. Oh, well. right, okay. Yeah, that was the first reference to Torchwood there. Right. Um, so what, what do we cover next? I think I'll read the plot from this book. Try and make use okay. of it. Of course, give credit to Stephen James Walker for this. Um... So everything changes. 
Cardiff policewoman Gwen Cooper is shocked when, after arriving at a crime scene, she sees a team of mysterious strangers from an organisation called Torchwood briefly resurrect a murder victim through the use of alien technology. She eventually tracks them down to their secret base, the Hub, below the Roldal Pass. The team's leader, Captain Jack Harkness, introduces her to its other members, Owen Harper, Toshiko Sato, Susie Costello and Dianto Jones, and tells her that their job is to capture aliens, scavenge their technology and protect the Earth in the 21st century, when everything changes. He drugs her to make her forget what she has seen, but she manages to make her way back to the Roldar Pass, where she regains her memory after discovering that Susie has allowed her obsession uh, with her work to turn her into a murderer, and that Jack cannot be killed. That's it. So we can go home now, Liam. Good summary. Yep. Um, did you did you watch this when it was first broadcast? Oh yeah. Uh, at the time, I, I had a, a projector set up in my bedroom, which was I was quite proud of it. I got it was a hundred it was widescreen, one hundred and thirty inch, with, right, a decent, okay. with, with a decent sound system. Mm. I had a big um, sixteen by nine rectangle painted on the wall with matte white paint, which I measured out, and I had an, an HD projector. Um, set up to my free view box and I sat down and watched Torchwood there uh, which was kind of fun so and I used to record it on a this handheld um, it was in the early days of mp3 players and stuff but it it was like a, a little video recorder a portable one that I picked up so I used to mm-hmm. record record them on that and like run, run my sound through that as well uh, but yeah I remember watching it at the time did you not watch it on broadcast? And no, no, I didn't. It was, um, it was, it was sort of because at the time it was broadcast, I was, you know, living at large as a university student, and so th- partying hard, partying hard, studying hard, and all the rest of it. So, um, I, I mean, so yeah, um, didn't really watch an awful lot of television. It sort of like Torchwood passed me by a little bit, and then obviously I was aware of it, and then I started to hear things about it just going like it's it's basically a load of schlock uh and stuff and charlie brooker uh in those days had a television program called screen wipe where he would uh talk about television the making of it but also he would review um television programs and he uh, um he reviewed torchwood a, a little bit and it was basically sort of like it's it's a bit bloody ridiculous um right so it just it just didn't really interest me. But um, I, I've got another mate of mine who who quite likes science fiction, and he got into Doctor Who through the new series. And this was years later, but we were just talking about science fiction in general. And he mentioned Torchwood, and he said that he actually liked it, and it was a lot of fun. So really, on the basis of that, I went, well, maybe I should have give maybe I should actually give it a go. And by this time, I think Matt Smith was the Doctor. And this was during his first series, and so I bought the Torchwood box set. Oh yeah, I went with you to HMV and bought you bought that. Oh, was that with you? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, so yeah, so so bought that, uh, and then and then started. So, so that's when I watched it. So I, I watched it like years after it was originally broadcast, and that was uh, yes, because you wrote yeah. your "I've never seen Torchwood" piece that we never published. <laughs> I think I've still got that somewhere, actually. Yeah. I'll see if I can. Uh, I'll see if I can dig it out. Well, uh, well... Shall, we, shall we publish it to the patrons? 
<laughs> can do yeah if I've, if I've still got it but yes so um if anyone doesn't know um prior to rob and i uh, deciding to do this podcast the initial idea was we would have an online um uh magazine reviewing a whole lot of stuff and one of the ideas was uh, i thought i'd have a section of i've never seen and then whatever it may be and then like reviewing it for the first time yeah um you were gonna do was it the godfathers or rockies that was it you did rocky yeah i did rocky um that was around about the time when i was watching twin peaks for the first time so i did that oh. and yes torchwood oh here we go i wrote this on the 20th of september 2015 right so actually it might have been a lot actually it might it may have been a lot later than than i initially thought because oh. i thought it was during matt smith's first season but obviously not this well no it wasn't because when we did that magazine capaldi had been announced right okay yes okay that's how yeah i've got it i'm just reading it now so uh, i set up a bit of an introduction um for one thing i thought an adult themed television drama incorporating sex and horror spinning off from a family show was a mistake there was also captain jack harkness the character bugged the hell out of me so the idea of watching a program with him as the main protagonist didn't appeal however i since heard excellent things about the series and so i thought it best to finally watch it when watching the series for the first time, what struck me wasn't just the television influences, as mentioned previously. Obviously, I mentioned things like uh, Bugs and Buffy the Vampire Slayer and CSI. Um, but also the movie influences. In the first episode, we see the Torchwood prison area, and there's a strong sense of the silence of the lambs. Even the second episode has an alien parasite feeding off its host's sexual energy, which makes me think of it strongly influenced by David Cronenberg's Shivers. However, Torchwood's depiction of such ideas feels somewhat forced, as though, it's, as though it is covering sex simply to appear mature and adult, but does nothing but look silly and adolescent. A brief comment on the abundance of sexual imagery in modern culture is far too brief to truly mean anything, a satirical edge is certainly lacking. <laughs> Another example of how Torchwood is at odds with trying to be good solid adult drama, but coming across as ridiculous as Cyberwoman. <laughs> anyway, it goes off in that sort of vein. Um, I do get a bit more positive later on in the article. Huh? You know, I, I mention um, small worlds and countryside show the strength of the genre and of Torchwood itself. Um, but anyway, yeah. So I have got that article. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe I should actually publish it. Yeah, we'll publish it. All these, yeah. So do we we'll publish it for free or just for the parents? Yeah, special bonus. It's, it's your, yeah, it's your, think, it's your uh, piece. You you decide. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I think it'd be quite nice, uh, like a bit of a bonus. So if you're if you're a Patreon supporter and you're interested in reading my article from 2015 of my initial thoughts of Torchwood, uh, it'll be there. Okay, great. We'll publish it. Done. <laughs> Finally, yeah. I didn't waste my time <laughs> writing, writing that. Yeah. Um, we've also got a Torchwood memory game online. Mm-hmm. Did you play that? I think you did. Uh, yes, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, basically. There's so many cards, you flip the cards and you have to match the Torchwood characters. And you can do it in so many moves, or you can try and get a good a good time record on there. I think I've got some scores. Do you think I should read them out? Oh yeah, I can do them. Um I'll have to go find them. <laughs> They're on Twitter. <laughs> I thought I had a handy link, you know, I'm I'm usually a bit prepared, but not so much now. Um, so, but if you go to cloisterbellpodcast.com you can play that in our games section. Ah, uh, here we go. So, 
Um, James Swift said 10 seconds is his highest score. That's pretty good, eh? That's a, yeah, that's impressive. That's really good. Very swift. Mm. Yeah. Um, David from Neither the Time Nor the Space. Um, 22 turns, 29 seconds. Not so swift. <laughs> no. Uh, see if there's any more here. Oh, Sonia got it in 20 seconds, 24 moves. Okay. Very good. Someone else, I'm not sure how to pronounce that, but uh, got it in 18 seconds. Well done, <laughs> <laughs> well done someone else. <laughs> okay. Yeah, good effort, everyone, yeah. So, uh, let's have a look at some of the cast and crew. Uh, of course, Captain Jack Hartness was played by John Barrowman. Captain Jack was introduced in the Series 1 of Doctor Who, two-parter, uh, The Empty Child and The Doctor Dances. Uh, the two-parter was written by Stephen Moffat. I'm not sure who conceived the character, Liam. Do you think it was Moffat? Uh, no, I, I think it was probably um, Russell Ru- D. Davis. Big Russ. Yeah. Um, and Jack went on to stay in the show. It it was for five five episodes in total, but it was kind of just three sto- like three stories because it was a couple of two parts. So it didn't feel mm-hmm. like that long. And we got a few more adventures with Jack from the BBC Books range, which which kind of fitted in between um, the Doctor Dances and well, sorry, yeah, in between the Doctor Dances and Bad Wolf. And then we don't see Jack again until Torchwood. So clearly. We've missed a few steps in his life. Did you find that jarring at all? A bit bizarre? No, I, d- I didn't. I thought, uh, I thought in terms of how he was established, we we knew little bits of you know he came from the far future from a distant planet and he was a uh, what 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 was it, Rob? It, a time detective. It's it's not he's, the... he's, a, he's a time agent. From time the, agent from the fifty first century, and it, yeah. this is. Adapted from the idea of uh, is it Magnus Greel from the yes, the talents of Wang Chiang, mm-hmm. and he himself was a time agent from the fifty first century. He had a time capsule, um, so I, mm-hmm. I think it kind of stems from that. Um, yeah, same. We've never had any mention to Greel because I'm sure all the time agents are sworn to kind of hunt him down. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's after Jack's time because Jack was the yeah. first time agent. I mean, I think pro- I think had uh, that been, I don't know. I suppose it could have been subtly referenced, but I think maybe Russell T. Davis thought, well, Doctor Who fans will will get the reference to the Tanzu Wang Chiang, but anything more than that may alienate new viewers. It's maybe too many continuity continuity. References. You know what would have been good instead of having him turn into the face of Bo, having his face melt and he turns into Greel. Oh, that would have been dark. Can you imagine it that? Might, it might yet happen. No. Uh, Maybe not. No. Um, so, Eve Miles, of course, played Gwen Cooper. She'd previously played a character called Gwyneth in... Mm-hmm. Unquiet Dead. The Unquiet Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this story was set in Cardiff in the 1800s or 18th century. 18, 1860s? Yeah. Yes. And Gwyneth was the key to the rift. So she has this 
link to the rift, so clearly Gwen is... He'd assume, should say, they're a descendant of some kind of reincarnation. And this is also kind of kind of confirmed in the the Stolen Earth two-parter, when Rose and the Doctor speak to Gwen over the... Um, over the calm. Mm. Burn Gorman plays Owen Harper, a character that we haven't seen in Doctor Who uh, previously. So, Naoko Mori plays Toshiko Sato. Um, I remember her briefly from some episodes of Absolutely Fabulous. Oh, yes! I didn't like her character, no. but anyway. <laughs> and quite forgetful, but she played credit is as Dr. Sato um, opposite the Ninth Doctor in the the World War 3 Slitheen 2 partner. Do you remember yeah. that? So she was... <laughs> yeah. I don't know how this kind of fits in, whether she is a Torchwood operative then or not. Mm. Um, I don't know if we kind of just forget that this ever happened because she meets the Ninth Doctor is giving her a pig alien... <laughs> An autopsy or whatever. Yeah. Um, I don't know how this kind of fits in with her actual backstory later on in series two of Torchwood, the episode Fractured. Because mm-hmm. in that one, we see Tosh uh, steals some plans and creates. Uh, I don't know if it's implied to be units' plans of a sonic screwdriver, but it's some kind of sonic device. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. She's incarcerated with unit, within unit, and Jack comes to see her, and Jack kind of implies it'll take a two, two years to get her out. Is that how you saw it? Uh, I I know which episode you're talking about. I can't remember the like right. that actual specifics of it. Yeah, and I couldn't figure out where this where this fits in her Doctor Who backstory hmm. with the Ninth Doctor. So she meets the Ninth Doctor in Albion Hospital in two thousand and five. Um, interestingly enough, the Ninth Doctor first met Jack in Albion Hospital um, in 1941. So they both met Jack in the same building. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of, I guess, Tosh's link to Doctor Who. Now she works for Torchwood. Um, Ianto Jones by Gareth David Lloyd. He was, of course, in the two-part uh, from Series 2, but we, but not on screen. <laughs> Right. So he worked for Torchwood One, and so did his girlfriend Lisa. But w- but his character wasn't wasn't in that story. But his backstory is woven into that. So he worked at Torchwood One. Now he works at Torchwood Three. <laughs> Kai Owen played Reese Williams, Gwen's boyfriend, and Indra Varma played Susie Costello. Um, I don't know what else she's in. I've I remember seeing her in Rome, which was the co-production with. HBO and BBC. Have you seen that before? Uh, no, I don't think so. Right, uh, but I don't know what else she's in. I'm sure I've seen her in other stuff. You know, I've seen her in films, but I remember thinking, "Oh, that's Susie." Never mind. <laughs> um, I don't think there's any other major characters apart from perhaps um, Tom Price, who plays PC Andy. Um, was I guess a minor character there, but he did. Uh, go on to become a recurring character throughout the show mm-hmm. um, and I, I guess now he's an 8th Doctor companion too on audio oh, okay. oddly enough um, 
in the the Stranded series, which I haven't listened to yet. Um, along with um, Tom Baker's curator as well. He's in that. All right. Yeah. Um, lots of other characters. We don't need to go into. Um, they're all minor ones. Of course, this was written by Russell T, directed by Brian Kelly, and music by Murray Gold. So, Liam, shall we go through a couple of the story points? Let's talk about the opening scene. So, mm-hmm. camera pans down, there's a dead body in the street. We have an introduction to Gwen, and then uh, the torture team arrives on scene with some very okay, upbeat music. They're trying to look very cool, and they're going to resurrect, resurrect this guy with a glove. Uh, I like Tosh's lines, like, I'm sorry, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, as you would. So what do you think of this in- introduction to this, the tortured team through Gwen's um, perspective? I think I think it's effective. Um, but I doesn't necessarily mean that <laughs> I like it. I mean, I don't, I don't dislike it, but I mean, it is cheesy. Yeah. And I think you said you know trying to look cool, but no, it, 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 I mean it's it's ultimate, it's an ultimate cheese fest. But in that sense, I think it's very effective because yeah. it, it pretty much this is the the tone for most, if not all, of the first series, and which goes into the second series. So it it effectively tells you what this type of show is. Yeah, um, it, it it grabs you in. Because I don't know what it is. There's something just uh, incredibly uh, intriguing and engaging about. Um, yeah, you know, ha- has an energy dramas. to it. Yeah, yeah uh, but you know, it's like, oh, there's there's a murder, and you know, it and it's raining and it's mysterious. Yeah, it's it's, it's a grounded it, drama at the same it, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, no. <laughs> very quickly jettisoned, of course. But you know, it. Uh, I think it uses all the ch- poss- It uses all the cheap gimmicks it can possibly have in order to grab your attention. And it's 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 t- it seems to be ticking all those boxes, so you know how in that advert that uh, that you read uh, earlier on, yeah, the press release, uh, yeah, the press release, it just t- it's a paranoid thriller science fiction drama series, you know, it's like everything. <laughs> Find all the genres that are cool. It's yeah, it's, 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 they're cool. Yeah, the only thing it isn't is a musical. <laughs> um, it's a cop show. It's X Files meets that. You know, it yeah. It, so. It's an ultimate it's cheese fest. Anything but, but the good life. Dis- yeah, everything, everything but the good life. Uh, it's ultimate cheese fest. It uses all the possible tricks it can it can do to to grab every single possible viewer it can have. Yeah. And yeah, so from that point of view, it it, it is effective. Yeah. And in one in one of the opening scenes, um, we had someone swear, and this is <gasps> like mainstream Doctor Who. Shocking. I was like, yeah. shit. This shit's gotten real. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. It's yeah, it's, yeah, it's, I don't, I don't it's mainstream Doctor Who, mm. in it, which, of course, you can regard as a kids' show, being that it's accessible to people of all ages. Mm. But this isn't, uh, and I found that a bit weird. Mm-hmm. I found it interesting. Like I wanted to watch it and see what it was about. Yeah, yeah, but I, it, it kind of hit me. Like I'd heard swearing on TV before, but this st- struck me a bit. Like this is Doctor Who. Mm. Should we be hearing this? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh, it's the Virgin New Adventures controversy all over yeah. again. I do know yeah. that there was some pre-watershed edited versions on BBC Two that were released 
Oh, really? Okay. Yes. But it's everywhere. probably like the guy's like, it's ever to focus with disgrace. He's just like, it's a disgrace. <laughs> and like all the all the bad bits are cut out. Yeah. How, my God, like, how would they cut down episode two? You just totally missed the plot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all these one liners, like, he just came and went. It'd be like, he went. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, who who can't love a series with such eloquent lines of "Have you came so hard?" <laughs> where, where you forgot where you were. Oh, this is a classic series. It's a corker. It's gonna go. It's gonna be studied in years to come. That's true. <laughs> Next to Shakespeare. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, we're here now studying it. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not highbrow stuff, is it? No. So then, Jack. All knowing Jack knows Gwen's on the rooftop watching. So we have this thrilling yeah. moment. I wouldn't say it's a thriller, a thrill moment. <laughs> She's like, shit, I need to go. They know again, but watching. again, that use, th- that's another cheap. Uh, you see it all, it's in TV series, it's in it, movies of just go, he knew he was being watched all the time. Isn't he cool? It's just, oh, it, Again, it's the cheese fest thing. It's almost akin to, I don't know how to describe this. You know when um... you can taste the estrogen. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, right. No, no, that's it's <laughs> another cracking line. Oh, it's so quotable this series. Um... <laughs> right, any listeners here? See if you can <laughs> see if you can work that into an everyday conversation. And that's going to be the tagline for this episode on social. You can always... <laughs> <laughs> Rob and Liam just get talked about Right, okay, yeah, that's that's <laughs> that, that's going on Twitter right now. <laughs> no, I was gonna say was but it, it tends to be in you know, um these certain types of movies, you know when um like it, it, there's an investigation going on and then you have a character walk in and he's and you're just seeing his reaction and he's look uh, he's looking around and then you have some sort of jobs worth and you you, you see this guy over the, the front guy's shoulder and he goes who exactly are you and then without without turning around and looking at him but he's sort of like looking in the direction of the camera he'll pull out uh, like his ID badge and just and just go I think you'll find I'm the chief investigator uh, do you know the sort of setup I'm talking about I think so sorry how do you spell estrogen <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying? I'm very sorry. It's with an O. I spelled it with an E. But yes. Oh, right, okay. yeah. um, and you just go, it's that thing of going, uh, it's trying to be cool, but it's just like a really, it's a stupid, cheesy um, setup. And it's just, it just, I sort of, it's, it's. hopefully I'm making sense. I, um, I think it's very similar to that sort of thing. Uh, you know, with that with that sort of setup, and you just go, uh, okay, yeah. But you know, as I said, it's. I mean, I think it's. I think it's ridiculous. But you know, it. This is the show. This is what Torchwood is at this point. Uh, so. Oh yeah, I've just had a message from, from Matt. He says, Rob, what are the chances of you skiving work on Wednesday and coming out to play instead? Oh, okay. Wednesday. Um, I don't think I can Skype work. No, I can't. Especially as I've just got back after a week's uh, 
Um, yeah. I can't anyway. Uh, I've got uh, I've got my appraisal on Wednesday. Just 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 I don't know. Pull a sicky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. See see Matt. I'm sorry. I'm working two ten. Um. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll give a message. Um. So sorry about that, listeners. Where were we? Oh yeah, scene one out the way. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. be a long night. Let let's uh, skim through some of these. So we do meet Reese for the first time. So Gwen's run home after our shift. Gets home. Her hair's looking pretty nice mm-hmm. after um, after work as well. We meet Reese. I don't remember liking Reese initially, but on rewatching it, um, there's bits of it where he, you know he's a reasonable boyfriend. You know, when she kind of lied about mm. going out. He's like, all right, I'm not having to go. Uh, but he's just, he, he's more understanding than I remember. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, thoughts on Reese? Uh, I, think, I think he's all right. He just seems a bit nondescript. Yeah. He's, yeah. He doesn't seem to have much much of a character, really. But yeah, I, I suppose it's a, it's, it's, um, it's a nice contrast it's sort of like oh at least they haven't chucked in the arsey boyfriend yeah. so yeah it is it is it is nice so gwen gets on over day ends up in a pub pub brawl um we get the cia csi cardiff reference there she sees jack at the police station so jack's running upstairs now i'm a bit confused here so jack was there to apprehend a weevil hmm just happens to be where Gwen is. Is this coincidence, or did he plan this interception there and then? <laughs> I know what you mean. I think it's a coincidence. Yeah. And why do the weevils wear jumpsuits with torchwood on the on the pocket written on? Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, did yeah. The suit it says torch. It's like how they're a secret organization and that they have torchwood written all over the car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the hundreds of weevils that live in the sewers wear jumpsuits with torchwood written on. I'd say they've went down, handed out some tracksuits, and they're like, here you go, lads. Like, put these on. Maybe it, yeah. Well, is it unless the 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 the, the inference is uh, is that it escaped? Yeah. Because it says that these things live in the sewers, but every once in a while they pop up and attack. Um, I can't. <laughs> maybe in the sewers they're naked. Yeah. So maybe it's sort of like, oh, this this is the one that escaped and headed straight to the hospital. Yeah, maybe. Or was it this the hospital? Another th- yeah, was it the police station? No, no, it was the hospital. Oh, because the, hospital. Fo- the following the brawl... Ah, yeah, she bangs um, her head and ends up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Got you. Oh, well. Um, so the guy, the security guy gets kind of mauled. Blood everywhere. Um, yeah, and then... Torchwood is, is kind of covering it up. So Gwen follows the SUV. See, did they did they orchestrate this just so Gwen would follow them? That's the thing I just don't know. No, again, I think it's I think the timing is just a coincidence. Yeah. So she follows them back. Um, this is the bit where she kind of lies to Reese that she's going to go out that night working. Mm-hmm. She spends a couple hours um, at Cardiff Bay. Waiting for them, and then um, she has this idea to go to the pizza place because mm-hmm. she sees a pizza car going past. So she goes to 
Jubilee Pizza. And this is kind of the the legacy of Rob Shearman living on uh, from the Big Finish Jubilee story, um, which was adapted kind of into um, Dalek, Dalek uh, which mm-hmm. included Jubilee Pizza boxes. Uh, now we now we learn that it's an international franchise, or maybe it's just oh. two branches. <laughs> it helps to save <laughs> the world, right? Uh, so there's another Jubilee Pizza uh, here. The guy, uh, the guy is very helpful. Gwen pretends she's CID, because she's not a shoe. No, no, she's no, no. She kind of waves a card very, very briefly, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and she's like asking about Jack Hartness, and he's like, "Oh no, but we've got a torchwood." Um, so she delivers the pizzas, and that's where we have we have the introduction to the hub. We see Ianto in the the lobby. The uh, what would you call it? The um, reception area. Reception area. Yes, that's not what, what. What word was I going for? I no idea. Yeah. Yeah. The, the vestibule is that like a? <laughs> yeah, we'll say the reception. Yeah. So he's looking kind of smug and lets her in. Like, go on in. Um, so what do you think of this? This initial scene. Crap. Crap. Don't like the setup. I think it's yeah. I. I um, I don't like how the whole thing is. Everyone just comes across as like a, a bunch of smug pricks, basically. Yeah. The whole thing of you know, just go. Oh, I can't! <laughs> I, I can't! I can't! Uh, you know, and the way that they're all laughing and all the rest, of it, and it's just oh, for God's sake. Um, it's yeah. again, it's 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 one of those tropes. Yeah. I don't like. I think. I think a lot of this is lazy writing. Yeah. And we rely on this organisation for our safety. And they're mm-hmm. just pissing about doing whatever they want. Yeah. <laughs> Smoke gets. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what, what, what do you think of this bit? I like the music. Let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, fair enough, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I kind of like the setup of the hub and the way it was shot and presented. Um, yeah, I wasn't that keen on the whole laughing bit. Hmm. It is what it is. It was fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, looking in my Inside the Hub book, there's a few references in there. We see a piece of coral. Uh, apparently, Jack's trying to grow his own TARDIS. 2005 style. All right. Didn't pick up on that. Okay, uh, that's we, Yeah. And we see some Sycorax artifacts somehow and some other... Those um, grav mags from the previous Torchwood two-part, uh, and a few other things there. So Jack takes Gwen to uh, the lockup. We'll have a very kind of um, Hannibal Lecter-style prison. Mm-hmm. So he sits her down. He's like, "This weevil, this is alien. It's <laughs> a very yeah. human, human-looking yeah, gorilla look man. Look into its eyes. The human eyes. <laughs> Just of the some bloke. See how alien <laughs> it is." <laughs> <laughs> right okay whatever jack yeah actually go, sorry, sorry rob uh just to go back because you know when uh, she first encounters the weevil yeah she does this then the the janitor who who later gets killed by it does the so you know the whole that's a very clever mask <laughs> and it's just like oh for god's sake really we're doing that now and you're standing there and you're staring at it for a good five <laughs> minutes and yeah. then you do that thing when you you know that that the thing that everyone does when someone's you know you see someone impressive mask, 
you stick your finger in its mouth, <laughs> and then your finger gets bitten off. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's another thing. Bloody just, hell, that is brilliant. Eye rolling at this bloody thing. Anyway, yeah. sorry, Rob. Carry on. I shouldn't try to do Welsh. I can't do Welsh. Actually, uh, um, I've met quite a few uh, Welsh people who think I'm from Wales. Really? Why. They went, yeah, and they went, uh, only, well, I say a lot, just a, sort of like a handful. Uh, and they went, no, I'm from Newcastle. And I was like, oh, no, I thought you sounded Welsh. And then you speak to them and say, like, oh, yeah, no, I can't, I can't hear the, the Geordie now that you mention it. Yeah. yeah. I was mentioning sometime that... Uh... I read Fame and Sam books to my daughter. Well, I used to when she was younger, but I do all the accents. Um, right. But I, 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 when I try hard at Welsh, I just sound Indian. <laughs> oh, right, okay. uh, I do try my best. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, maybe I'll do a dramatic reading sometime. <laughs> I want to hear you read Thomas the Tank Engine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Fame and Sam. Oh, sorry, I can do Thomas, but I don't think he's Welsh. <laughs> no, I don't think he is. <laughs> so, any other noteworthy scenes? Oh, yeah, so Jack takes Gwen out to the pub or a nightclub. There is a deleted scene where they're, they're actually sitting down in a pub. And I agree with the reasons why they didn't keep that scene, because there's no energy to it. They just sat in a pub <laughs> at a table. Oh, right, okay. It, the energy's just gone. It's bored. Um, so now, full of energy, they the sat, they stood at the bar this time. <laughs> wow, the energy! Standing yeah. at a bar. Yeah. Um, and for a show that has you questioning its links to Doctor Who, um, in some ways, he goes. Jack does reference the Cybermen invasion and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Sycorax ship as well. Yeah. Um, so the public does know of this. And Jack reveals that he's put a retcon in our drink. Um, so she runs off to kind of go home, type everything up, but he's put sedative in there as well in her. Amnesia. This is the other thing I have an issue with. This it doesn't. It's it's one of those things where he's just took her out to do that and kind of gloat. There's no. that. Yeah, but. I can sort of forgive that because it's sort of like, well, he's got to sedate her and have a conversation with her, and he needs to keep her there for a no- for a certain amount in order to actually drug it right to to drug her right. Right, okay, I can over. Fair enough, I can deal with that. It's the whole right. I need to go home and I need to write this down so I remember it. I know what I'll do. Rather than picking up a pen and a piece of paper and jotting all this down, I will switch on the computer, wait for it to start up. Log on. Yeah. Open up Word document and start well, typing away. No, no, no. I'm sorry. In the, me- in no the meantime, she did. That. She did write down "remember" on her Millennium Stadium pamphlet. Oh yeah, Re- like remember, remember what? <laughs> yeah, like she had the five, fifth of five November? minutes what? for her computer to boot up. It's just, geez. It's and that, that's one of the things where it's kind of, I, I need to overlook how people would actually behave in order to accept this. Yeah. And the whole thing about Russell T. Davis as a writer is he's supposed to, you know, make things, you know, th- th- this is real and this is real life and this is how people go on. It's just, no, I'm sorry, this is not what people would do. You grab a pen, piece of paper, and you jot it down. You don't do this, I will log on and start typing away in order to 
well, Torchwood can hack into people's computers. Well, given everything else that they can do, I'd be surprised if they couldn't. Uh, and then delete all your Word documents. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think I think again, this is another crap. Don't buy it. Yeah. And I've thought that every uh, when I watched it um, for the first time all those years ago, and I still think it now. It's just like, what are you doing? And the fact that you've even written remember. Well, uh, whatever. Anyway, yeah. I made my point. Yeah. <clears throat> Lazy writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and if it wasn't for Jack's negligence taking her, inviting her into the hub, she wouldn't have remembered. Yeah. Again. So that's another. That's a massive that's on plot him. contrivance. Yeah. Be like, oh, oh, we did. Oh, what he had is it? We well, we didn't order pizza yeah. anyway. Uh, we're closing up for uh, for tonight. Please go away. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will invite you in. Uh, behave like a bunch of uh, obnoxious pricks. Uh, show you everything. Converse everything like that, uh, and then and then we will go our way to to drug and sedate you, uh, so you can forget every. No, you've wasted your entire evening. What What are you doing? Who are these people? And then I will stand randomly at the top of the building for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Other than the fact it looks cool. Yeah. Oh, I love how he stands around. I know there's a re- there's a, there's a reason for that. Apparently he's there uh, because he's immortal. So I don't know if he's thrill seeking or he just, just trying to feel alive. Because he's immortal. Yeah. Like, right. Okay. This guy's cool. He stands on buildings. That's what we're yeah, being they- told to feel. <laughs> yeah. It's you're not Batman, mate, and it's the day. <laughs> it's what broad are you daylight. Doing? <laughs> Apparently, um, the stunt guy that was up there, the police were getting calls because there was a suicide jumper up there. <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> supposedly, everyone thought that. Well, yeah, I suppose you would. Yeah. Just why is why is he why is someone standing at the edge of the building? Yeah. Just ran. Why? Yeah. And it's not the fir- this episode does this at least three times. <laughs> yeah. From a pre- one thing I will say is from a practical point of view, I think it's impressive. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have been able to do this through drones. This is actually helicopters. Oh yeah. Shots. Uh and so, so actually from from the the practicalities of doing it it's impressive and how it's shot. Um so the 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 actual production values of this episode I think are impressive. And sort of the actual physicality of doing those shots, yeah, it's it's done incredibly well. Na- my problem is it with is with it narratively. That's that's the thing. But the fact that they were able to do it uh, and do it that well, given that you know now, it, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's still skill. You still need the skill in order to um, to set up and control the drones and all the rest of it. That you know that's still impressive. But obviously. It's it's much more technically achievable and easier to do that now than yeah. it was back then. So you know, it's that is impressive. Yes, totally. But it's yeah, you either think, "Wow, this is cool," or "Wow, this is naff." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We didn't mention the invisible lift earlier on, so <laughs> there is there is a back door to Torchwood. Mm-hmm. So basically, there's a hydraulic lift that comes up. And um, comes out technically not exactly where the TARDIS was, <laughs> hmm. but for some reason um, <clears throat> there was a, 
transcendental comedian circuit on that spot, which um, who welded its perception filters with that of a spatial temporal rift. Nice and easy explanation <laughs> there. Uh, so yeah, the, well done, Rob. I'm impressed with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think of that? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> was that it? Was that just there to think we can do that? That's cool. Or was that, or was that um, a plot device for later on so he could sneak up on Susie, but show us that Susie can overcome this kind of stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. The, the last that the that former. last thing you said. Oh, the last thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, the latter. The latter. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, Gwen questions it. She's like, "There's a bloody great hole in the ground. <laughs> Don't people fall in?" <laughs> Perfectly reasonable question. And then obviously we get some Welsh racism, but then because of Artie Davis as well, she gets away with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's Welsh racism a thing. Um, it just got, or Indian so in this Welsh. case. No, it didn't quite. I would, yeah. No, no, no. no well, to me uh, that sounded Welsh. It is, yeah, yeah. But I do get yeah. worse. <laughs> <laughs> Does it go down? At, yeah, it just. You're just Rob, you're being really offensive. To, no, it's me doing a Welsh accent. Honestly, no, honestly, that no, that's clearly a racist Indian accent. <laughs> uh, swiftly moving on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we didn't mention that we saw the doctor's hand in a jaw. <laughs> yeah. So it's just a hand in a jaw, but to um, to a keen-eyed viewer, they might remember that David Tennant lost his hand and it fell to earth. Um, in real life, yes, it happened to health, health and safety back then. Was fucking atrocious. <laughs> Things you got to do to play the doctor. Yeah, well, that was uh, in his first episode. Yeah, uh, but also in universe, it happened. Uh, the, the, the shot on camera. That was just to just, cover them. Let's just keep that shot there. <laughs> it looks cool. Please, yeah. Lieutenant, don't sue us. Yeah, have a prosthetic. <laughs> Uh, so the the keep it in the jar that is actually David Tennant's real hand, right there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that will become uh, more re- relevant another time. <laughs> um, yeah. So Gwen is kind of piecing things together, and when she's at the police station, they um, do kind of a what in ballistics is that knife. No, it's guns. So they do a, uh, they analyse the knife wound, the stab wound, and mm-hmm. they do a very good mock up of what the actual knife is. Mm-hmm. Somehow, really good. Um, I don't know how they've done that. Is that can people science, do, Rob? Sa- science. science, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they've done some science. And they've got the, they've got the knife, so that yeah. that triggers a memory to a a glimpse of the knife that Susie was kind of sanding it. Um, and this goes on to trigger her memories. So she finds her way back to the bay, um, where she meets Susie. Uh, so Susie explains what's happened, and now she's got a go on the run so she pulls a gun on Gwen um, Jack uses the invisible lift gets shot in the head mm-hmm. at this point we don't know us the viewers don't know that Jack is immortal 
we just know that he got exterminated by the Daleks and brought back to life by Rose. And now he's here a hundred thousand years earlier. <laughs> um, <laughs> somehow. Uh, so he comes he comes back to life. We're like, shit, what's happening here? Uh, so this is revealed to Susie for the first time because none of the torture team know this. And mm. this becomes a secret that he keeps with Gwen. Uh, so Susie kills herself. All the episode titles were released for this series beforehand. So we knew that they keep killing Susie was an episode. So I guess she'd be back. And and I guess she'd be back because she died a violent death and that's the victims with violent deaths are easy to resurrect. Hmm. So I can't well that's happening. <laughs> Um, she managed to resurrect a fly. How violent was its death? Yeah, she, she really hammered that fly. Initially, <laughs> yeah. So Gwen shoots us. Oh no, Gwen shoots herself. She doesn't do that at this stage. Um, <laughs> so Susie's dead, and mm. the <laughs> we have another shot of them standing on, on top of the. Is it the Millennium Center Stadium? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Stand on top of there in broad daylight. Um, she maybe thinks she's going to get retconned. The doctor mentions the doctor. No, did I say the doctor? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? <laughs> Jack references the doctor indirectly. Yeah. Vaguely by saying uh, a doctor, some kind of doctor, and we're like, wait, hang on, the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or oh, any doctor. Yeah, he doesn't care. Uh, mm. Just the right one. And he recruits Gwen because you know there's a space going, and she's like. Hell yeah! I'll join up, <laughs> and that's it. And yeah. we have um, we forgot to mention the pterodactyl we saw earlier, <laughs> but that's flying overhead as well. <laughs> oh, again, it was just uh, I'd, I'd completely forgotten that. Uh, yeah, one of the episode have a pterodactyl. Yeah, it's like we had that promising open scene, like, well, this is a really grounded crime drama. <laughs> we just have pterodactyls flying no. around. We will then end the episode with two people randomly standing on a public building for no discernible reason whatsoever. And look, a pterodactyl. And uh, just uh, for God's sake. Really? Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> I think. I did like it at the time in some regards. At the time, I was a big fan of spin-offs. I think Buffy, okay, yeah. Buffy, and Buffy and Angel did it quite well. There was a lot of interconnected stuff there. We had loose connected shows like The X Files and Millennium and The Lone Gunman. Uh, I'm not sure what other shows, like Star Trek, obviously done it for a long time. From the Next Generation onwards, they had shows that was one show wouldn't succeed the other instead you'd have one show go and then another show would start then, and then another one it just kept going um, until the early, early 2000s and that's a pattern that's going to get repeated now uh, there was rarely a crossover with Star Trek they are there but it, they weren't as interconnected now we have Torchwood who is kind of walking a tightrope saying yeah, you don't have to watch Doctor Who. It's going to be its own thing. There's not going to be any crossovers. But then again, it is connected in the main way. Mm. Uh, 
But yes, it's not reliant on its parent show, Doctor Who, there. Uh, and I guess, quite rightly, there, there is a lot of people who got into Torchwood not knowing or caring about Doctor Who and enjoying it on it, it for its own merit. It, it's quite nothing unique. Else. There is nothing else like it out there, really. Yeah, that's it, true. Um, I mean, there's there's lots of ingredients. I mean, this early stage, there's a lot of ingredients where you can go, oh, that reminds me of you know this, this, and this. Yeah. Uh, but overall, yeah, the, it's like it's like in some ways, its own thing. a lot of it isn't original. But in yeah. it, in the grand scheme of things, it is original because no one else does a mashup of genres with pterodactyls and all this crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, it's no one does the paranoid thriller science fiction drama cop show with a sense of humor, which is a mixture of X Files meets This Life. You know that meets show that, dinosaurs. <laughs> meets meets dinosaurs. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that is a mad mashup. <laughs> yeah, um, maybe the first episode could have been a bit more low key. Mm-hmm. Perhaps it it was Gwen's journey, but it was Gwen's crazy journey into this crazy world. Uh, maybe that's what it needed to be, though. Who knows? Um, so, shall we go on to listeners' responses now? Yes. Yeah, <clears throat> Finally, yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's open up the old Twitter and have a look. Um, Alexander Grogan. Hi, Alex. Uh, he said, Torchwood, where to start? One of the best spin-offs ever created from Doctor Who. Uh, that's true yes um because um, even if it's not great i'd definitely say it's probably one of the best um tons of great episodes dark moody atmospheres where Do- doctor who didn't go go to tread into the early days of its l- and uh, he said lots of topics doctor who never used mm. um yeah i guess it's this big sandbox of things that uh doctor who couldn't do matt from neither the time nor space said I've seen the first two episodes and hated both of them. Yeah, fair enough, yeah. People have the audacity audacity to tell me to stick it out until series three, because that's when it gets good. Um, only 20, 20 episodes to go until then, I guess. I mean, yeah. I mean, my response to that was my uh, discovering of the show uh, when I first watched it was just going... Oh my god, really? People watch this and like this? Rob included? What the hell? It does get better. Um, I think I think it starts to get better. There are good uh, episodes in the first series towards the end, and I think uh, the second series um, uh, is a little bit better. Yeah. And then the third series is, is, a, is a much stronger, darker uh, science fiction drama. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, maybe, was... maybe it kind of knew what it wanted to be by then. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I know that the full series uh, has its detractors. I remember, I would like to go back and uh, and watch the fourth series and th- see what I think about it now. I c- there were things about it which I didn't particularly like, but overall, I actually thought it was quite decent. Yeah, I'm a bit cautious because I'm I'm hoping I'll like it more, but I think maybe I'll not. Uh, I remember so, thinking the co- I thought the ending was a bit of a cop out. But, yeah. yeah, but anyway, yeah, we're, we're jumping ahead. Yeah. Um, speaking of better episodes, I'm going to 
get on to a, a response from Marty McLean in a moment. I'll just quickly mention that Matt and David from Neither the Time Nor the Space podcast, um, this week just gone, uh, they've just reviewed episode two of Torchwood. So <laughs> maybe that's a good place to go after you've listened to this. Go check out theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, they did episode one a while ago, and now they've caught. They're all up to date with New Who, so they're they're doing Sarah Jane and Torchwood. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Um. So Marty McLean said, "Series one has some gems. Countryside. Yeah. Random mm-hmm. shoes. Out of time. Captain Jack and End of Days. But is mo- but is mostly stinkers." <laughs> Series yeah, two and three. Shoes. I recognise the title. I can't place the episode. It was um, the, the episode if, if, if with this, the shoes this, in it. Yes, if this was an episode of Doctor Who, it's a Doctorless episode. But let me tell you, it was no blink. So, hmm. yeah, it was about a guy called Eugene, and he finds this this stone, which is an eye, and he dies. But his kind of soul is following Gwen around. Mm. No, that's not ringing any bells. Okay. I'm surprised you said that was a good one because, I, well, I actually enjoyed it, but I got the impression it would be one that people disliked. Uh, but yes, I think he's right. The, the final, there's a lot of good stories in the the back half of this series. Um, yeah. yeah, countryside definitely sticks in the mind. I remember that very well. Yeah, I think that, that is a good episode. That was that was a Chibnall one. The, because Ch- Chibnall was... My God, he wrote a good episode, Doctor Who related. He did, yes. Hell. He was well, the script editor or story editor for this whole series as well. So he did a lot of work on Torchwood. I mainly. see. Yeah. Stuff's starting to make sense now. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah. Ariel got in touch. She said, yeah, season one was very hit or miss. And season two was mostly hit with a few misses. Series season three is one of my favourite seasons of television I've ever seen. Yeah, we'll have to get to series three eventually. Um, I don't know if you'd use the phrase overrated or not because people say good things about it. I certainly enjoyed it, um, but I'll be interested to see what I'll think of it the second time round. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think that's. I'll just double check, but I think that's it for listener responses. Um, okay. Oddly and oddly enough, I thought doing Torchwood would get more. Um, we did a poll. We asked, how would you rate Torchwood Episode 1? Good, average, or bad? Um, someone did respond to this, saying something along the lines like, this is very good, this is quite fitting for a Torchwood, or a Torchwood would love this graph. Because, I'll just let you visualise it in your head. I'll get to the point, I'll say, people rated this as an average story. Right. So the average bar is really long, and the good and bad are really short. Oh, so it's like a middle finger. Yeah. Or, or, I don't know if it looks like a middle finger or something else. <laughs> oh. I don't. Right, I see so I don't know. I, 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 I'm not sure if it's one or the other. I thought you might shine some light on that. <laughs> I didn't want to ask directly. Right. Okay. But so, so what's the comment? Um. I oh, just that it's it's representative of. I think you. I think either way, <laughs> however you see that, you get the you get the message. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so um, everyone rated this as sixty-one percent rated it as an average episode, twenty-three good, fourteen bad, and you know what, Liam? Hmm. 
what? I'm just going to say it. I, I, I'm going to say it's a good episode. Because it's a wild mashup of weird stuff. But you know what? I enjoyed it. No, and I've enjoyed talking about it. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed talking about it. I'm going to say it's bad. <laughs> um, because uh, I honestly think I do think it's bad. But what I will say is it is enjoyable. I had a riot watching it and, you know, it's it's like what I said, I think it's ridiculous for all the reasons that I've said. I think that the, I think it's it, it's trying to be all things to, it, to all people to, you know, to, to grab people's attention, but going for the lowest common denominator. I think it's got a lot of lazy writing. It's got things which are just absolutely ridiculous. It's it's crass. Um, yeah, I, I, th- <laughs> I think it's garbage. But, but, you know what? Despite all that, I had a, I, I did enjoy watching it. Yeah. And I don't, begr- I don't begrudge having because I thought honestly, I thought the whole thing was like, Rob, you made me watch this, and I hate you. But, uh, <laughs> but no, it's not that. It's like, you made me watch this. You picked this damn thing. But you know what? Yes, I think it's bad. But I did have a good time watching it. Yeah. It was a. It was quite refreshing to watch something other than Doctor Who for a change. Like we've been doing for the yeah. past few years. <laughs> or Doctor yeah. Who again this week. <laughs> and the thing is, I mean, it. Um, if it came down to... There will be odd exceptions. And uh, I'm sorry if uh, for listeners who feel like this is just needlessly sticking the boot in or, or covering old ground. But one of the problems that I've had with uh, with Doctor Who during its recent years is I have actually found it an effort to watch. Um, whereas this first episode of Torchwood, for as, and as bad as this episode of Torchwood was, it, it had a pulse, it has a style to it, it's enjoyable. I would much rather watch this than a lot of current Doctor Who, if truth be told. So we'll probably do a bit more Torchwood uh, in the future, do you reckon? Oh yeah, I'd be happy to, yeah. With Doctor Who, we just kind of approach it any old story out of order. Um, mm. How do you want to do Torchwood? Do you think we should um, progressively like, do it all in order? Would that make more sense? I think so. I would like to because I, I, it's it's an interesting series, and uh, it it is the way th- it does actually develop, and it'd be quite nice to to actually experience that again. So I wouldn't mind doing it in order. Oh, good. Uh, we'll we'll make sure think, to put that on the list, yeah. I think if memory serves, I mean, I may, if, when we do this, it obviously be interesting to, to see if I change my mind. But my memory is, is, you know, we start off with this episode, which is just ridiculous for everything that we've said before. I think, I think it's worst is the second episode. I think that's the real right. low point. Did you and know then, that the second episode was broadcast on the same night as well? Oh, I did know that, but I'd completely forgotten. Uh, right, okay. Um, I think that's the series' low point, and then I think it steadily gets better. And then in the first series, there's certain spikes in quality with a couple of episodes. It's It, it carries much in... It, the second series is much in the same vein as the first, but I think uh, it, the humour is a bit more genuine. It has a bit more fun with it. I remember the Blowfish gangster alien thing which i just thought was was you know generally quite humorous 
Yeah. And then the third series, just like, whoa, where did this come from? Stylistically, you've gone in a completely opposite direction, and this is really good. Yeah, now, this no is, pterodactyls or anything. Yeah, and this is actually good, proper, strong adult drama. So, mm. yeah, it'd be quite interesting to, to to go through Torchwood and plot those plot those progressions. Totally, yeah. Oh, well, we'll try not to leave it too long, eh? Mm-hmm. Um, for uh, work way through that, yeah. Who knows? Maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll be like, yeah, we'll do Torchwood next. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah maybe not. Maybe mind. not. Maybe not too soon. We'll see. Yeah. See how I feel next week. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? Uh, what we do next week? So next week is a big finish. Um, two Tom Baker stories. Uh, one is the haunting of Malcolm Place, and then the second story is Subterranea. Right. Okay. I'll give those a listen uh, this week. Hmm. Um. So, thanks for listening, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed our discussion on the first episode of Torchwood. Quick shout out you can follow us on socials facebook.com forward slash cloister bell, Twitter podcast bell, Instagram cloister underscore bell. Uh, should you like to support the podcast at all, um, we are on patreon.com forward slash cloister bell where you can get early access to podcasts um, when available. And we also have a whole bunch of bonus episodes on there a few video diaries and ex- exclusives we'll also publish Liam's uh, previously unpublished write-up on Torchwood his first experience of that um, so mm-hmm. the full article should be on there so yeah <laughs> and you can check out our Torchwood memory game at cloisterbellpodcast.com which is our main hub for everything Cloisterbell so Thanks for thanks for tonight, Liam. Talking about Torchwood, and we'll yeah back next week. Yeah, back next week. Cool. And thanks, Rob. I enjoyed that. That was good. Cool. Well, see you later. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Bye. The cloister bell? Yes. What's that? Well, it's a sort of communications device reserved for wild catastrophes and sudden calls to man the battle stations. That's the cloister bell. Don't worry about that for now. It's not really terribly significant. The cloister bell? Oh, no.